0: Hi, and welcome to the 22nd episode of Breaking Free Podcast, a body, mind, spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Sites, and I'm excited to be back after quite a pause. Hopefully, some of you have been enjoying some of the um, Facebook lives, the Transformation Tuesday. Uh, you can find those on our um, Whole Women Link Facebook page, uh, Facebook forward slash Whole Women Link. And um, this is actually a continuation of a conversation that happened this week. If you'd like to go and see my face and connect to me personally, I, I would direct you there. That's something I've been trying to provide for the whole Women League community. But I wanted to bring a deeper dive to the podcast community. Many of you have been with me for... Over a year now, and we've been on this journey of internal work, Um, healing is an inside job, and we've been looking at ways to go inside and do greater work. And I think maybe now more than ever, uh, we're hoping to bring that growth and development into the lives of those people that are around us, maybe our children. our our spouses, uh, because we maybe are suffering, but we also see people around us that are suffering and we want to be our true and highest self in all of the roles in our life. So today I want to talk to you about parenting. Um, Maybe you don't know a little bit about me as a parent. I am am definitely a parent. I have three children. My son is nearly 17. My daughter is also turning 14 here soon, and I have an eight-year-old. And this time, Currently, as I'm recording this podcast, um, there's been a time of shelter in place for the COVID-19 virus that's been going on. Um, It's been going on for some time now and there definitely has been some stress felt in our family. um, As you can imagine, My husband and I both work, man, I've actually tried to work somewhat part-time, but I feel like I've actually been working full-time while trying to help my kids through their schooling on my days off and all the things that go into raising a family and caring for a home, um, as well as trying to support my husband, who is pretty busy with his work. He is a CEO of a franchise company, so he's been really busy trying to help people navigate the business environment, which has also been pretty impacted during this time. So what we've noticed as a family that I wanted to share with you is we've noticed the process of what happens when we're under stress. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. So I want to talk to you a little bit what happens um, in the body. Because remember, I try to give you a body, mind, spirit approach to your goals because it really helps you understand then what tools you want to grab onto to be successful. So first of all, when you're under a lot of stress, stress has a purpose, right? It helps protect us from danger. So if we're looking around and there's there is actual danger, that stress is going to motivate the sympathetic nervous system. That's kind of our alert system. I call it like the smoke detector of the brain. So there's this ability to go, hey, danger, danger, like, like a smoke detector going off. And then it, turns on that adrenal system, which gets us ready to fight, flight, flee. Sometimes we freeze, however, We'll, we'll get to that. But you adrenalize your body and that gets you ready. I mean, it's almost like superpowers, right? If you need them, you're able to, we've seen people with studies like be able to pick up heavy objects and move them if they need to. And so it's valuable, right, to adrenalize the body at times when you're actually in danger. But the problem is, is if you adrenalize your body over a long period of time, it breaks down faster. And so What maybe some of you are noticing if you've been feeling kind of this ongoing stress for a long period of time, your energy's decreased, you're feeling more tired, you're feeling burnout, because we can have this adrenal fatigue that kind of kicks in. Now, that'd be interesting if it just affected the body, but unfortunately, it also affects the mind, right? So our mind, when we have this kind of burnout, this negative uh it, it actually gives us a negative view of the world an unrealistic negative view of the world so it's like looking through a dark lens or negative lens at the world continually um and it's really really hard to see the truth and the positivity because you're kind of geared to take in and look for the negative to be kind of hypervigilant so to speak um and so this be- also makes it hard for us to uh, have a positive mindset. And, and then and also, what's also very hard about it is it helps us, it, it gets in the way of us having proactive goals. So those of you who've been trying to accomplish goals, you may have found that it's hard to get anything done. Um, it's kind of like you're surviving versus thriving, right? So let's take that, right? We're in this position, we're dealing with these things, and then you move into parenting right? How do we parent in this environment? Because you're not the only one feeling this, right? I, I've been talking to parents and their children have been experiencing this adrenal fatigue. Maybe before their world didn't show them that there was danger. A lot of children, especially young children, had no concept that they should be afraid of anything, right? Their, their needs were being met. They felt safe and secure. But all of a sudden we're telling them, hey, there's something." Uh, The world maybe is telling them they see masks on people's face. There's something to be afraid of. And children are also less, um, they're less able to uh, get out of that black and white thinking, thinking. So it's either safe or not safe. And so it's hard for them to kind of understand the totality, that kind of bigger picture, right, that maybe you and I are able to see. Right. So life is about surviving. Maybe they're surviving and, and it's, it's hard. Their little minds are not really designed to handle that. So they may kind of shut down and you may see some examples of anxiety and depression in your kids. Um, and that's where this podcast really comes in because emotion coaching is something that I've often often taught my clients over the years. That's really helped them, uh, first deal with their own emotions. And we'll talk about why that's important and then also help their kids through the same. Okay, so if you're going to break out of this negative mind, it's really important to understand something. The reason why I moved into a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health is because often the models... The models that I see like life coaches doing or different people online is is really just that mind work. Right. But the, here's the thing. If you're just trying to exchange negative thoughts for positive thoughts. Right. You're still using something that's called willpower. Right. You're still using that willpower from your mind to your body. And it's really hard to to change a negative mind. The problem with that is, is that the negative mind records five times more strongly. It really is kind of more ingrained, and especially when it's in this kind of negative loop. And so what we really need to it's not really sufficient to just change the thoughts because those thoughts are more powerful as I pointed out they're about five times more powerful we also we need positive experience body felt experience is really the way to pull yourself out of these states and for those of you who have had negative mindsets you're understanding that because as hard as you try when you're in these negative states you just don't care right so we need positive experiences some of those things I've talked about before are things like yoga, meditation. My daughter and I had a dance party last night. Gratitude's um, gratitude's also cool. We'll talk about that in a minute. Gratitude practices, even though that's a top-down experience, that's that's definitely happening in the mind. Um, but because it directs us to the idea that you're not the only source, right? That there's a source outside of you, an abundant source, Um something's coming to you from the outside to help you through something, right? So when we're connected to love or we're connected to source or we're connected to something outside of ourselves, it helps us break out of this because again, we're not using the strength of our own mind. Oftentimes what we really need is when we're in these depressed states is to connect to a mind that is less dysregulated than ours, to connect to a source, a, an energy, um, you look at quantum physics, like you need a higher energy than your low energy to kind of move you up the scale to a higher frequency, higher energy. But let's talk about how emotion coaching actually does this. It's really interesting. Okay. So if you're not familiar with emotion coaching, let me give a shout out to where this comes from. Emotion coaching is from John Gottman. He is a researcher from University of Washington. He is actually known more, uh, commonly for all his work in marital development. So if you're interested in how to apply all this to your marriage, John Gottman's the guy. Um, but I promise you that these tools work across the board. So you're going to hear these and go, wow, this would also work with my dysregulated spouse or my dysregulated regulated, um, uh, co-worker or roommate, right? So these things are actually very, it's just how people work, right? But the name of the book that this comes out of, just in case you're interested in reading more about it, is Raising an emotionally intelligent child, the heart of parenting. And I want to put a plug that I love this title because it's actually true. A lot of us put our emphasis, and especially now as you're homeschooling your kids and things like that, we put our emphasis in achievement. We put our emphasis in accomplishing something. Maybe the way you've been trying to help your kids get through this difficult time is you just try to keep them on a schedule, making sure they're accomplishing things. And I think that healthy distraction is good and accomplishment, but some of you may have noticed that the, the, that's burning out for your kids. They're like, I don't care about my homework anymore. I'm not even sure I care about my grades. I know I've seen with my older one being like, what's the point? I'm not even going to get to go back to school next year. Maybe, you know, there's this kind of negative mindset that's kind of pervasive. And so it, it, it doesn't work to just achieve goals. We have to have more than that. Right. And so what we're going to talk about that empathy is at the heart, a heart of parenting and having empathy for your child. You guys, because something that I've talked about in previous podcasts is that acceptance is the key to change. So if we can accept the feelings that we're having, when you can arrive at a place, then you have the ability to leave it, right? The greater your ability to have compassion on your true emotions and that of your child, your spouse, your family members, the greater your capacity to regulate these low energy, often low frequency emotions and help them move up and out and through. But just like I said earlier, when you're in that negative space, state, you do need an outside source, right? That abundant source, you need positive experience. And that positive experience can be provided in connecting with another person. Empathy actually is the key to unlocking our shame. It's the key to unlocking our negative emotions. And that's what's made it so hard during times of isolation is that we often lack those empathic connections. And so people do get very anxious and depressed. So knowing that, I want you to capitalize on it and understand what the game changer is for your anxious brain or the anxious brain, depressed brain of your child. Okay, so you are beautiful divine light at your best self, right? That's your high energy, Um, but your emotions also get blocked too. And I don't want you to move towards your child in like what I would call empathic failure. So you always, always start with yourself, right? How are you doing in your ability to stop, breathe and accept how you're feeling? right? It always start with yourself. Put that oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your child. And before I teach these next steps to you in relationship to your child, I want you to stop and say, ask yourself, how are you doing in accepting your own emotions? Are you distracting from them? That's good temporarily, but we really do need to arrive at that place, right? So what are your outlets? Um, Are you going in noticing the feelings that are on your body and are you having empathy on yourself and compassion on yourself in order to remove those? We, self-compassion work is huge for you to be prepared and then to help your child. So please start there. I've talked about that in a previous, some previous podcasts, but make sure you're starting with that. If you're more interested in um, self-compassion work, Kristen Neff is great for that. She's online and you can Google Kristen Neff self-compassion and find some more information there. But acceptance right now invites us to knowledge and make peace with. There may be areas right now where you're less productive. And so giving yourself grace that it's OK if your kid doesn't do that next Zoom meeting. It's OK if your house isn't perfectly clean. The best thing that you offer your child in this moment is your presence, is your empathy, is your connection to your emotions so that you can be present and connect with theirs. All right. So let's go through these steps of emotion coaching and I'll try to give you some um concepts I might some of you this might be a retold story but I've been telling the story that happened with my daughter because it's like a perfect example of emotion coaching but my little daughter she's eight she had a kind of a meltdown for us this last week she we found the dog locked in a closet and um we had noticed that she'd been bullying the dog kind of off and on. And it was really concerning. My older daughter, who's 14, had been kind of keeping an eye on it because, you know, she's a pet lover, like we all are in this house. And she was worried about the dog. And at first, you know, her not her not having the skills I have, she was, we was very punitive. Like, hey, if you don't do this, you're, you know, going to lose your video game time. You're going to. And we tried that. And you know what? None of the punitive threats power struggle stuff worked. And I think a lot of times as parents, that's how we approach our kids. I'm going to take away your time. I'm going to, you know, you're going to have this consequence if you do this wrong thing. The problem is that that doesn't get at the heart of parenting. Remember, empathy is at the heart. I want you to assume that when your child is acting out, that it's a communication of a deeper need. That's what we know. That's what I know as a play therapist is that we want to focus on the whole child, right? We want to focus on, this is my play therapy concept, the it, not the whole or the person, not the problem. The problem will actually resolve itself if that person is deeply fed and their needs are deeply met. And then we become an ally to our child and they can, we can help them find ways to meet their needs in more effective ways. Okay. So knowing that, let's go back to the story. Brielle is, she's in trouble because we found the dog locked in the closet and I went up and I sat down on the floor and this is what I'd have you do. And I got eye to eye. It's really important body language. Imagine yourself standing above your child talking down, especially for your smaller children. I promise you on the subconscious level, your kid's picking up even body language. So be safe in your body. First thing you need to do is take a deep breath, separate, calm yourself down and make sure you're entering that situ- situation more interested in hearing your child and hearing their emotions than you are in changing it or controlling them, punishing them. Because again, they're picking up on that whether you're sane or not. So only you know whether or not you are safe or not safe and get safe first. Assume you're safe, though, and you can sit down. You might need to take a break. You need to take a few minutes, right? That's really upsetting me. I do that sometimes. I do not enter the room until I'm ready to, but I was ready in this moment and I took a deep breath and I sat down and I I invited my child for closeness, okay? So the steps are this. First thing you want to do in motion coaching is be aware of your child's emotions this takes you knowing how to name emotions, okay? But if you don't know, you can just be curious and ask your child, you know, it seems like you're feeling sadness or it seems like you're feeling this. Remember, they're the expert on their own emotions. If you label them and you're not right, it's kind of like you're judging them, right? We've all felt that. I know your spouse or older kids definitely feel this. They're So it'd be like, hey, I'm not really sure how you're feeling if you're not good at naming emotions, Can you tell me a little bit more about this, right? What's going on for you? Younger kids often don't have words. So that's why it's really valuable to kind of have a little bit of emotional intelligence yourself. Maybe that book that I offered you will help you with that um, so that you can name some. And there are lots of charts of emotions. You can also look up on your phone and you can be curious together. But as a play therapist, of course, I'm pretty good at naming emotions and I'm empathic. So I sat down with my daughter and I could tell right away that she was feeling very sad. So I said, I invited her to sit on my lap and I didn't make her, but she did. She came over and sat and we cuddled. And that brings me to number two. So number one, be aware of your child's emotions. Number two, recognize that emotion has as an opportunity for intimacy, right? I wanted to make this a bonding experience where my child felt safe, where I was her ally. So I invited her on my lap. We sat and I hugged her. She's a person first, right? Not the problem. And I just felt with her. And it's really important that people feel felt. So in this case, we had a little cry together, right? Um, If you go to my live, I tell a story uh, of actually there's a Bible story I really love where Jesus weeps with someone who dies. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail in this podcast just because I don't have time for it. But the idea is that and this, if you're familiar with this Bible story, I just love it because it's like teaches this principle. But Mary and uh, Mary and Martha are friends with Jesus, and they're brother dies. And they're kind of frustrated that Jesus doesn't show up. And when he finally shows up, instead of fixing the problem or shaming them for their feelings, he cries with them. And I want to point out that that is kind of the master healer approach, right? We first cry with, feel with someone before we try to move to the change or the solution. And so that's what I did. I just felt with her. And you could literally see the emotion coming up and out and through. And so once I felt like she felt na- we are able to name and tame, so that's the key here, to name the emotion, and it'll start to tame itself as we name it. Uh, we verbally labeled the emotion. So that's step four. That's the name and tame. So number th- number three, listen empathically, right? So I listen to her. So... Um, I'm sorry, we have number three, recognize emotion as an opportunity for intimacy. Number three, listen empathically. That's I wonder if I'm thinking, you know, feeling this and I just hear their invalidate feelings. And number four, help your child verbally label emotions, name and tame. Now, it's important that you let them actually name them because you're also developing emotional intelligence, right? Learning, learning to go, wait a minute, how was I feeling? I wasn't angry. I was sad. Right, so anger is a second emotion, and oftentimes adults don't even know that. Like, no, I'm really angry. I'm like, can you go a little deeper? What's underneath that anger? And they'll be like, oh, well, I'm really, I'm really sad, or I'm really lonely, and it's coming out as anger. It's been seen a lot of that lately, a lot of anger, but people are actually feeling things that are much deeper than that. Okay, so you're going to do that. You're going to label that with them, and um, the last step to this process moving through here, is to set limits with your child, right? Remember, you're an ally. So you want to do it with them, help them to uh, kind of find opportunities, ways to meet the need that are appropriate for your family's rules and are appropriate for your values. And And what I use for this is the ACT model from play therapy, from filial therapy or child parent relationship therapy, if you want to look into this deeper. But I'll just explain it to you. First thing you do in the ACT model, and it is an acronym, so each letter stands for a step, is acknowledge the emotion. Again, we've already done that. We've acknowledged the emotion, but I might want to do it again just to bring it up. Hey, I know you're really sad, but this, the C, communicate the limit, but dogs are not for locking in closets or dogs are not for hurting. Now, notice how I didn't say you can't hurt the dog because that would have put me in a power tr- struggle with my child, and especially your older kids. Make sure you don't do that because your teenagers will definitely bite you on those power struggles because their whole goal in life is to kind of separate and individuate. And so we really want to make ourselves allies. Hey, point out to them the, the, how life works, right? This doesn't work. Right. This isn't going to work. And I also pointed out to my child because I really wanted to hear. Her, I was like, you really love your dog. You really want her to feel safe. And she she did. But what she didn't know was how to get this feeling out. And this was her best skill. right? Her best skill at this time to deal with her loneliness or her feeling out of control was to try to take control of this dog not a great skill, but I, I, again, I recognized that the behavior was just a communication of something instead of being at enmity with her. I was like, Hey, I get that you feel out of control. I get that you feel like you don't have control over anything, but the dog isn't for controlling, right? So you can really target what their unmet need is as you communicate this limit. And then together number, the T is target alternatives, right? What are the alternatives, We were able to go to Target together and get a uh, kind of a pretend dog, like a mechanical dog that actually barks and you can feed it things. And we were like, hey, what if if you really feel like you need to control something? Why don't you control this mechanical fake dog? And that can be what you put in the closet or whatever. Now, I do this a lot with play therapy. Like I'll give kids a bop bat. They have a lot of anger so they can punch it. Or um, I often take egg cartons and they like let them like pound those out with mallets. Guys, I know we don't we have these beliefs that anger isn't is unacceptable, but what I really want to point out to you is that all spectrums of emotion is acceptable. In fact, if you don't accept the emotion, you cannot get through it. Oftentimes, as parents, we have kind of mindsets, and I want to finish with this, that it's not okay to feel something. It's not okay to not always be positive all the time. It's not okay to be sad. Maybe we have gender ideas about that. Maybe we have cultural ideas about that. I often see it in church communities where it's like, you know, if you had more faith, then you would just be happy all the time. Guys, Jesus wept. Okay, so if it was necessary to be happy all the time. So I say that to our Christians and again, all I I study all world religions. I've done that because I I teach, I work with people of all faiths. Um, Mindfulness has a deep origin in Buddhism. They understand that life is suffering, but yet they still move with compassion upon their suffering. So it's so important for you to understand that the ability that you have to accept these low emotions that you're feeling And have great avenues, maybe like dance parties or yoga or conversations with empathic listening helps those emotions move up and out and through and then get to really validating or really living from your values, right? I desire to be high energy, high emotion, positivity, but I get to start with accepting where I'm at going towards the emotion and moving it out and through. You really see this with quantum, a quantum level, (laughs) actually the manipulation of energy. It's pretty cool. You see that you really do through mindfulness exercise, move the energy up and out and through and then replace it with the positive thing. But the first thing you got to do is throw out the trash and then connect to the truth, right? And remember the truth is, is that you are beautiful divine light and you're designed for joy and you're designed to live in joy. But if you're not there and you're human, then that's where you're at, right? So as we can arrive at that place with our children, when we can arrive at that place with ourselves and we use these tools, right? We're able to coach with them. Um, You're able to really transmute this energy. You're able to move it along, move it through and live at higher things. Uh, Remember though, you need that body felt experience, right? We need that. Either we're having that body felt experience with someone else empathic, You didn't realize it, but when you sit down with that really trusted empathic friend, that energy in your body, that negative experience is moving to positive experience, right? Oftentimes it's not our friends or our parents that solve our problems, right? We solve our own problems, but it's having that positive experience in relationship to that negative emotion that again releases it and helps us return to ourselves. I hope this podcast helped you today I know it was great for me to review the reason why I did this podcast the reason why I looked up this information is I was trying to help myself so if you think that you're killed no everybody else is out there killing it and I'm killing it I want you to know that I too dig deep you know I yesterday got home from work and my husband said he needed to have extra time because he had projects that were piled up and I had literally just done six hours of therapy straight and what did I do I'll be honest, I went in my room, I got on my knees, I prayed to my my higher power and source and said, "Okay, I need thy abundance. I need it. I need it for my family right now. I need you to show me how to get through this." And I immediately had this thought, "It's dance party day." And I did. We did a dance party and my girls left went to bed smiling and happy, and so did I, and I was like, "Success." But remember I followed the model, right? I had compassion on my feeling. I asked for what I needed from an empathic source. I received the help, and then I acted upon it, right? I found that solution. I acted upon it, um, and then I was able to be present and there for my kids. So I hope these these ideas, as I give you my own life experience with authenticity and vulnerability, that will invite you to do the same. I want you to know that you can move through your negative emotions. You can find your anchor of love and strength, uh, and they do not have to own you. You can flip out of that negative mind, but you need to reach for And hold on to that positive experience. And also have that compassion, which brings that love into your life. And the love into the lives of your children. And love really is the healing energy. That is the highest energy. That and joy that really helps us uh, be our best selves. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, You know, please share this podcast with others. If you haven't had a chance to like it, join it. Um, give me a review on iTunes. Um, I I appreciate that. I appreciate it It gets the message out there. And right now my goal is to get this message out to many people. If you'd like to join us for Transformation Tuesdays at 8 a.m. on Facebook, uh, 8 a.m. Pacific time, I also enjoy you to join me live and see my face. Maybe you've never gotten to meet me more personally. I'd love to hear from you uh, and connect with you. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.